Not sure how to start talking to your kids about money? One mom shares how she's teaching her teens about budgets, investing, giving, and more. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. One of parenthood's joys and responsibilities is guiding our kids and teens into adulthood. We want them to live happy and meaningful lives. That's a huge goal to work towards, and it takes all 18 years and then some to build them up. One essential skill set they need to get a handle on is their finances. We know money is not the goal, but it is a handy tool to help them take care of the bills, save up for their big dreams, and yes, have a bit of fun. The big question, however, is where do we start? How do we teach our kids, especially teens, about finances? How do we show them the ropes of budgeting, investing, and giving? How can we help them feel comfortable with handling finances and making wise choices? This is why I'm so glad Aja, creator of the site Principles of Increase and author of How to Talk Money with Our Teens, is on the show today. She's a mom of two daughters, and she is sharing her story about building them up with finances in a holistic sense. In this episode, we get into when to begin those conversations in ways that you can make them meaningful and interesting to your kids. How to introduce teens to investing, whether we're talking about the stock market or real estate. And then how to involve your kids and teens with finances so that they'll be prepared and confident with their skills. We have a lot to cover, so let's get started. One of the things I respect and and love about what you do is you talk about finances holistically. You know, it's not just about hustling just to make money, but leave the world, you know, a little bit better than you found it. Just talking with you, I know that you're very intentional with parenting your two daughters. So you were the first person, I thought, for this topic, talking about finances with your kids, especially teens, and teaching them not just to be money savvy, but to be thoughtful with how they spend their finances. Thank you for having me. It's really a pleasure and an honor to share the little bit of knowledge that I've gained along the way. So yeah, whatever I can talk about, I'm happy to share. You literally wrote the book on this. Yeah. So that was based on a TED talk that I did about how women need to talk more about finances. It was about how my grandmother, who was from Mississippi, she grew up picking cotton on a farm. Her parents were sharecroppers. And then she moved north and started her family. And I got actually a lot of money lessons from her. I did a TED talk based on some lessons that I got from my grandmother. Because sometimes we kind of scoff at the old-timey advice, but it's so relevant. And I believe that is laid the foundation for myself and also for how I teach my kids about money too. 
Yeah. As parents, we kind of worry like, oh, we need to have the money talk. We need to sit down and show them a spreadsheet. But we're still early in the game. We have an 11-year-old and a seven and a half-year-old. So far, what we found is not making it the money talk, but having, like you mentioned, those conversations, those sit-downs in smaller bites seem to be a more effective way. Hopefully that makes it a little less intimidating for parents that want to start talking about money. When did you begin those conversations about money with your daughters and how did that happen? What were the topics? Yeah, so I wish I could take credit for this approach, but I actually heard someone say long, long time ago, because my oldest daughter is 17 years old now, And so I heard someone say, you can start teaching your kids about money as soon as they're old enough to say, I want something. So if they're like, mommy, I want my oldest daughter. She used to love chipotle rice with guacamole on it. She's like two years old. That's when I started the conversation. Like, well, we have to go to the restaurant. We have to wait till they're open. We have to have enough money for that. So just really matter of factly. And then as her desires kind of progress to, I want that toy. I want to watch this video. I began to tie it to a monetary value. And and probably by the time that she was four or five years old, and I think we were still kind of knee-deep in our get-out-of-debt journey, we'd be at the store and she'd be like, I want so-and-so. And I'd be like, you know what? I did not plan to buy this item today. I didn't put this in my budget. So I didn't bring enough money that would also cover this item. Again, one thing I never, ever want to say to my kids is we can't afford it because I think that will set up a negative experience. How many people do you know today who who are like, I grew up poor, we couldn't. I think that trauma Mm -hmm. of just knowing if I want something, I don't have enough money. I think that has stuff with so many people. So I made up my mind very early on where I would tell my kids that they wanted something. I would be like, you know what? Right now it's not in the budget. There's no plan resources for it. However, we can be creative. Let's not rule anything out. My six-year-old was, again, 17 at the time. She told me one time, you know, I want to go see my friend Jessica in Oklahoma. I was thinking to myself, that will not happen anytime soon because we were just really aggressively trying to pay down debt. But I was like, that's not in the budget right now. Mommy, daddy, you're covering other things with our money. We work for our money. However, let's get creative and think of a way we can make that happen. So we're believers, so we're Christians, Mm -hmm. we pray, and we ask for knowledge. We also include giving and all that. So basically, the long and short of it is uh, we we prayed about it. We asked for wisdom and favor, and an opportunity came up where Alana went on an audition for a a national TV commercial. Long story short, she actually booked the commercial, which was so surprising. And awesome. for people that don't know about um, asking and commercials, it might be like, it might sound like, oh, well, a commercial, that a Walmart commercial, not a big deal. Well, those commercials, they get, you get paid every time they air, there's residual money. So they can be a, mm. a very lucrative, profitable opportunity. But the, the flip side is you can spend years auditioning and never get one. So it, there's definitely, you have to weigh the opportunity cost of any time chasing these auditions and things, but it just worked. And I was, thank you, Lord. It, that opportunity came in. And when the money came in, I was like, look, this, we didn't have enough money for this. And now we can consider this. So when her money came in, 
we've made a, a spending plan. I said, okay, we're going to put so much in savings because obviously you're not going to get all the money right now. Then we'll allot some for, I think she wanted some cowboy boots at the time. Oh, I know, right? So, so innocent. But she wanted some cowboy boots and then she wanted her plane tickets to Oklahoma. Again, another opportunity where I was able to show her I'm not ever going to say, no, we can't afford that. It'll always be, let's figure out a way. Now that her requests are a lot more complicated, they involve cars and going to the beef top and all this stuff. The principle is always still the same. Well, let's figure out what you can do to make it happen. So, yeah, I'd love that because like you said, the mindset that you're giving your kids Like, let's not limit ourselves. We can find a way. We might not know the plan right now. But then also mentioning it's not in our budget. Again, letting them know, hey, there's a boundary here. We have a goal. Yes. And so we're going to commit to this. And if we said, yes, this is what we're going to go to. But let's include you in that. Those are really good lessons. Something I know that a lot of parents do, but maybe don't know how to do it or they've experimented and just are more frustrated than it being helpful is using allowances to teach about money. Did you do that or how did that work out for you? I know your kids were working pretty young with acting and and pursuing that. Yeah, as they got older, they did start saying, because we would get their acting money and just put it away in the account Mm -hmm. and their age protected so their money can't be released until their certain age. But eventually they would be like, well, wait, can I get to spend some of that money? (laughs) That's when they started inquiring about spending some of the money that's when I was like, okay, we need to figure something out. So again, we would take a portion of their paychecks and I would actually use that for allowing and they would have to do chores for that. My kids were like, wait, so we're like double working for our money. <laughs> and in this case, it was, it's actually true because honestly, okay, so asking voiceover, all that stuff, it is, it's work, but it's also very fun for them. I don't want to minimize this, but I'm the one yeah. taking them to job auditions. So it's really a fun day and they happen to get a paycheck. So I had no qualms whatsoever making them work twice, but they're fun. <laughs> Again, it was just released to them as an allowance. Now they get an allowance. We're in Florida now, so they're not asking as much. So now I'll cover their allowance, but it's the same thing. They have mm-hmm. certain weekly tasks they have to mark off yeah. on either like an app or a spreadsheet out, whatever way we're tracking it this week. I'm always like experimenting with how to keep them accountable. Mm-hmm. And it honestly is worth because you have to look behind them. You have to trust that they, that they did something with you and have yeah. time to check. But for us, I definitely make it ties to some accomplishment. And then again, whenever I can think about it or have the time or the bandwidth, I'll be like, hey, what is your spending plan, which is another yeah. work or budget, but some people don't like the, the budget. And sometimes I'll make that also a contingency. You know what? I am not really your allowance. If they spent it too fast for my liking mm-hmm. less, I'm not releasing this until you show me your spending plan. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So just tell me what you plan to do with your money for the next couple of weeks. When they do it, do they stick to it? Again, <laughs> it just takes a lot of effort, a lot of bandwidth to make ties. But at some point, you just have to plant the seed. And then hopefully, if they ever get to a pickle, they're like, what's going on with my money? They'll remember, oh, what? Remember the spending plans I used to do? That, that's my hope. Because I guess one of the other kind of points I want to bring up 
is that you have 18 years with your kids and it's going to take all 18 years, probably 10 more, to get your kids to be well-versed with their financial literacy. So one of the stories in the book that I talked about is at the very end, and it talked about when my oldest daughter, I was trying to teach her how to write. She was three or four years old. I'm like, let's start with A, the first letter of the alphabet. And we fought for like two hours. She didn't want to do it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what kind of parent am I going to be if my daughter cannot write the first letter of the alphabet? My parenting style is, is doomed. This is terrible. And so we had to take a break. But later on in the day, I realized I walked outside. She and her aunt had written all these A's in the chalk, what you think the sidewalk chalk in the driveway. Yeah. They were all over the driveway and and the sidewalk. And then I went into one of our rooms that she had used these, what are they called? They're like, infused, they look like chopsticks. I think you use them for infusers or oils or something. Oh, yeah, they yeah. Eggs, the letter A's all around the room made a big bet, but all over. And it happened the same day. I told this story because during this two hours when we were working together, I was like, I am doing terrible. I see this reside as a parent. What have I done? <laughs> But this key is to just bring it up. And your kids, they just absorb things. They're sponges. Play at the speed and let the soil and the sunlight and the water do the work. And that's what happened. In the money journey, you're going to see your kids make mistakes. They're going to spin up all their allowance. They're going to do all these things. that you're going to be like, oh, he's not working. I'm mildly excellent behavior. I'm chastising them. I'm putting boundaries, despite all that, you may not be satisfied with the results. But if you keep going, keep reinforcing the concepts, they will get it. They will get it. Maybe not when they're seven. Maybe not when they're 17. <laughs> but those seeds will grow and they will, your kids will get it. So I just want to encourage somebody who's like, I am doing this all wrong. You're not. Just keep bringing the money topics up, driving home those things, reinforcing those concepts and you'll see a harvest. Yeah, absolutely. I think every parent needs to hear that because no matter what the topic is, time to time, you kind of feel like I'm hitting my head against the wall, different personalities. Sometimes your kids are like, yeah, and they just want to please you because that's their personality. And then you got others that are a little more independent and want to do it on their time. When teaching about finances and everything, how did you adjust between your two girls? Are they different personalities or are they very similar? You hit the nail on how else would you become a good parent, right? So my youngest is very much a mommy pleaser. She loves her mommy. She enjoys my company. Yet my oldest is a lot more strong-willed. Very much like me, actually, when I was young. I'm like, this is back. Oh my, and I just... Look at my mom sometimes and she's like, I'm so sorry. I was terrible. <laughs> but my <laughs> oldest daughter is nowhere near involved in some of the foolishness I was involved with when I was her age. But she just, you know, she's just like, you tell her up, it's down. You tell her left, it's right. So yes, very different personalities. But I think it, it just makes you a better parent because you're just going to have to adjust your parenting style. With her, she has just been one of those experienced learners where it's just like, okay, you don't want to do it the right way. I'll let you figure it. You know, I'll let you mm -hmm. go through it. I, I think in some cases, it's worked for her. My youngest has been a lot more agreeable. And I'll be like, don't do X, Y, and Z. And she'll be like, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Because I think as mothers, we're preparing them 
but a bit of us is like protecting them. We don't want to see them hurt. We don't want to see them get into big financial mistakes, but to a degree, it's good for them to make those mistakes when they're small with us kind of as a backup, not to like snatch them up out of everything, but more as we'll keep it from getting worse because I'd rather her, like, for example, my oldest, I'd rather her lose, let's say a hundred dollars on a stupid toy that she saw on YouTube versus like signing up for student loans and then be on the hook for how many tens of thousands of dollars. I think that's something we have to acknowledge as parents. We kind of want to jump in there, maybe our instinct and prevent them from making those mistakes, but there could be a really good lesson for them to take away from that. Yeah, I agree. And I think that is always my battle. I do struggle with helicopter parenting for sure. Because I mean, I'm a homeschooler and up until recently, we lived in a very like a blighted part of the city and my kids really didn't go out without me. They just had to live a somewhat sheltered existence. Now I'm trying to unravel a little bit of that. So I'm encouraging them to go out, drive the car, do their experience life. Because you're right, like experiencing life, making mistakes, that's just how that helps you recalibrate. But mm-hmm. unless you can observe, make mistakes and recap and, you know, reorient yourself. How are you going to figure things out? So yeah, that's a definite, that's definitely a parenting struggle. And it's very different from when I came up. It might've been like our generation, but I was telling my youngest daughter, man, by the time I turned 12, my parents were free hands off because they just had things to Mm -hmm. do. It was an arrangement that worked for all of us. I was like, Mm -hmm. you don't bother me. I will bother you. And we were the generation we grew up riding our bikes all day, coming in by the time the yeah. street light came on. My mom was just like, okay, go out tomorrow and do it again. <laughs> and I have no ought or any bitterness or anything. That's why I had a great childhood, actually. But I also left my own devices, made quite a few mistakes, made some bad decisions. So you want to be in the middle, right? So yeah, I think that's something that we're always going to deal with any parenting issue, like you said. There's so many lessons that we're trying to give them. And it would be ideal if they take that advice immediately, but that doesn't always happen. Besides budgeting, having a plan, being intentional with your money and saving. What are some other financial skills you hope to pass on to your daughters? One thing that I am trying to instill in my kids, obviously generosity, because that's a hard one, even if you're an adult. I do encourage them to take a percentage of their earnings and ties to the church or gifts to someone in need. Uh, I also like to let them witness me giving to someone. Someone's going to, someone in our circle is going away to college or having a birthday party or whatever. But they all kind of be nosy, like, how much are you giving them? What are you giving away? And I'll be like, as a matter of fact, this is what I'm doing. And this is why. So just encourage them to value the people in our lives, in our circles, from baby showers to birthdays to whatever. Also be giving with their time, volunteering, helping people in this community, helping people with family, all that counts just to be generous. And in terms of them being young women, because I'm two girls, one thing I think is difficult to teach is how do you balance money and relationships? Because one day, hopefully, they'll get married. They'll have a partner if they choose to. You know, I'm not going to pressure them. Like, we're not going to get married. But if that happens, I don't want to teach them to be so independent that they 
don't want to get involved because they're like, I don't know how the finances are going to work out. Even now, sometimes they have conversations that they can have money for they have earnings from asking and everything. And some, there's been conversations, well, I don't want to share my money with someone. I don't want to get with them. I mean, that's totally a yeah. concern, right? Because you do want to protect them from some weirdo predator who might take advantage of that, right? But you don't want that to be a fear that prevents them from finding love and starting a family, right? So my, I don't want them to be like this independent woman. I don't need a man. I don't need anybody. I want them to learn how to be interdependent. Like I want them to be able to function on their own, build their own skill sets, their personality, mm-hmm. and then look out for a partner that can complement them. And I want them to see the value in there's exponential power that comes when you have a great mate, right? My wish for them, my prayer for them is that they are able to experience that. Again, I don't want to put pressure on them, but I want them to be able to see the value if they choose to go in that direction. And then if they don't, I also want to make them feel affirmed in that decision too. I don't want it to be like, well, your only value is if you have a band and family is, right? So yeah. I want them to find value in who they are, where they decide to be, but just prepare them for either one that they choose, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. That's part of being a parent. Like in your mind, you might have this vision of how it goes, but at the same time, you understand that they're their own person, but you want them to be happy. You want them to have a meaningful life. You want them to have a fulfilling life. It's a lot being a parent. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And it doesn't even stop you think. Mm-hmm. That, oh, because my daughter will be 18 in the next year, right? And wow. for many years, I was like, oh, good. oh I'm going to party. I look at her now. I love her and everything. But even if she does move out, it's mm-hmm. just, it'll never stop, right? Yeah. They'll be 50 something years old and you're still going to be like, I'm your mother. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. My mom, I'm still her baby and I got two kids of my own. But I did want to talk to you, too, because... um since I've known you, one of the things, and you're still doing it, like real estate investing, and not a, I don't see enough conversation about that, about teaching your kids, one, in general, teaching any of your kids about investing, whether it's in the stock market or teaching them about real estate. For you, have you included them in those conversations or how much have you and what lessons are you trying to teach? <laughs> this is my jam here because this is kind of like the next step into our journey as a family in terms of like money because we started off getting out of debt, right? We were yeah. pumping up the kids like, we're going to be debt-free. Then we got into investing in stocks and things like Vanguard and Dex Fund stuff. Now you're more active into the real estate, which real estate is fun because it's tangible. You can go see it. You can go visit a house. You can yeah. see the deposits from the rent money coming in. So I feel like that, is kind of like a full circle journey for us. So our kids got to see all of that happen. Right now, what they do, so I have an Airbnb and a rental property, and I assign them work to do in, in all of that. So they they switch up being a virtual property manager for the Airbnb for the short-term rental. Okay. So they've done everything from created like guest books. One of the Airbnb we have now is in Puerto Rico. So they have to do property management. They have to deal with the cleaner in sight. And they... 
they have to use Google Translate to talk to him in Spanish. <laughs> I'm like, well, this is making it super complicated. But they're yeah. figuring it out. They do things around the house. I'm like, well, this is why the fraudulent management. My oldest actually is joining me at what's called real estate wholesaling. So you basically oh. look for stressed properties and negotiate a lower price and then find a cash buyer and you pocket the, the spread or the difference. Yeah. So something that I was like, let's just try it out because she has decided that she doesn't want to go to college right away. So I'm like, let's let's see if we can get you started in real estate. She can't get her license yet because she's not yet 18. Mm -hmm. So this is something we've actually worked on together this summer. She makes calls, I coach her. We use a CRM. She sends out emails. Uh, but she's actually doing great. If everything goes well, our first deal will close in a couple of days. So nice. Yeah, she's 17 years old and I just, and she tapped on the phones and I said, look at the power of this. You have a phone and an internet connection and you're able to, I don't want to say make money out of thin air, but that's really all she's needed. Um, there was no startup money or anything involved for this particular deal anyway. And so my starting, going into it, I, I said, we'll try it, but I just wanted to get a proof of concept for her. Because I want her to see that. And it doesn't have to be realistic. There's so many businesses yeah. that hustles you can do, right? With a phone and an internet connection. In some cases, you don't even need a phone, right? You just need an internet connection on your computer mm -hmm. or whatever it is. So the point is to show her, if you're ever sitting there and you don't have money, you have internet access and you never have an excuse. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's pretty fun. I mean, they've seen me buy and sell a few properties. Yeah. They've seen me set up several Airbnbs the Puerto Rico Airbnb. We showed up a couple of years ago with air mattresses. All of us on air mattresses. In hindsight, it was actually a terrible idea. So there was no refrigerator or anything. We had like, been all this time. I, I wouldn't do that again. With, I had my mom and kids. But it worked out. We were fine. But we were in Puerto Rico maybe six weeks because things are just slow there. It takes time to get furniture and all this. My kids were uh, assembling furniture. They were receiving packages. They were setting everything up. They were my partners in that project. They basically helped me set everything up. They're helping me. We're going to furniture stores. We're dealing mm -hmm. with whoever's setting up the propane tank and all this stuff. And on top of that, you got to order your food in Spanish. Because I'm like, you got to learn Spanish. So yeah, so they got to see that process. Even if I don't get to have super active conversations, they're watching me. And for me, I feel like even though I can't have a really explicit in detail conversation, I know they're watching me. And I want, at the end of the day, I want their mind to say like, oh, okay, I remember seeing mommy do this and do that. Yeah. And, and hopefully they'll follow even better, you know? Absolutely. I think this is a great place to end it because at the end of the day, it's not just those conversations. It's our example, good or bad. <laughs> They're going to pick up, but I love how you've included them. You, you don't baby them. You know, you are making them feel like they're a part of the team. If you're like us, you probably have quite a number of accounts between the two of you, including your old 401ks. It can be difficult to stay on top of everything, especially when your old employer switches providers, which is what happened with my husband. Here's where our sponsor, Capitalize, can help. Capitalize helps you find and roll over an old 401k into an IRA of your choice for free. 
They handle the entire process. And yes, that includes calling your old employer or the 401k provider on your behalf. If you're ready to make managing your old 401ks much easier, find out more at simplifyandenjoy.com slash capitalize. Before we wrap up, I want to share a few key takeaways I picked up from my chat with Aja and preparing this episode. The first is don't have the money talk, instead have chats. Teaching your kids is more than one conversation, whether we're talking about finances or something else. It takes time, it takes your example, and it takes plenty of conversations to prepare them for the real world and to help them adjust and develop their skills. The second one is choose carefully how you frame discussing money. I really appreciate how Aja mentioned not having planned for expenses with their daughter instead of simply telling her we can't afford it. Let's figure out a way opens up conversations on how to save up for or just expenses to make something happen. It also gets your teens, even if it's just mentally involved in the process, with coming up with ideas on how they can reach their goals. And then finally, involve your kids with finances. Money can be a taboo topic with a lot of families. Maybe we have shame about mistakes we make or that the way we handle finances isn't the best example. But really having these honest and transparent conversations can be such a help for our kids, but just overall as a family. Including them makes them feel empowered and gives them that practice for the real world. Whether it's choosing snacks for the week when they're young, having their input on ways to save on a bill as they get older, or like Aja says, giving them meaningful work. This can do wonders for building up their financial skills and their confidence. And if they make a mistake, you're there to help them, not necessarily make the problem go away, but help them learn to deal with it so that they can make better choices, especially when they leave the house. Don't forget, if you want to get more tips on family, fun, and financial freedom, sign up for our newsletter. It's free. Just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash join. We'd love for you to be a part of our community. Special thanks to Aja for being a part of this episode. If you want to grab her book, please pick it up. It's How to Talk Money with Our Daughters. As always, I'll include links to the resources we've mentioned today, plus share more tools that can help make managing your money as a family much easier. All in the show notes at Simplify and Enjoy. Next week on the podcast, With many families planning on traveling in the next few months, I want to share a few tips on how to save some money and reduce stress when you're traveling, especially with kids. So if you don't want to miss out on that episode, make sure you're subscribed. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme song was by Staircases, additional music by various artists over at Audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much, not just for listening to the show, but for all your support. 
Keep sending in those questions, stories, and ideas you have. If you go to simplifyandenjoy.com, on the sidebar, there's a form you can fill out. I'm really grateful that you're a part of this community. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.